Welcome to The Tech That Connects Us, a podcast dedicated to the stories of leaders in the technology industries that bring us closer together, specifically content and media, satellite and news space, connectivity and cybersecurity. Your hosts are me, John Clifton, Laurie Scott and Will Trenchard, the founders of Nuco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm focused on these exact industries. We love being a part of them and we're excited to share these stories with you. Welcome to The Tech That Connects Us. Your host today is me, Tim Meredith, Business Manager in Content and Media, and Will Trenchard, Co-Founder and Director at Nuco. And we are delighted to be joined today by Serge van Herck. Hailing from Belgium, Serge has been a very visible figure in the media and communications world for over 20 years, working as Head of Satellite Service for Belgacom and as Director for the Board of Utelsat, and later as CEO of Newtech. In 2019, he became CEO of EVS during one of the most rapidly evolving periods of live video production, and we are delighted to be joined by him today. Welcome to the podcast, Serge. Thank you, Tim. Happy to be here. Wonderful and wonderful to have you. So uh, to get the story started, let's uh, let's look to the past. So you've been in the media and satellite communication space for, for many, many years now. What got you started in the field and what do you think has kind of kept you in the space? Yeah, it's uh, true. Um, I started like uh, 30 years ago in the meantime at uh, Belgacom. Uh, and uh, in fact, it was uh, by coincidence, if I may say it like that, I did apply uh, for um, a job at uh, Belgacom and I did my exams uh, with, uh, I guess, uh, 200 or 300 engineers. Uh, and I had good grades and I was able to choose my job. Uh, my first job, I had a choice between product manager VSAT or product manager X25. Uh, and you have to know I was in a engineer in electromechanics so I had no idea what they were talking about <laughs> so I was asking uh, my future boss well explain me in a few years in a few words uh, what does that mean uh, VSAT or what does that mean X25 and I remember his answer he said well uh, X25 is a uh, new technology data communication with cables in the ground and uh, VSAT is a new technology with data transmission over satellite huh? and please make your choice and I thought well it looks to me that VSAT is more attractive than making holes in the ground to put cables in the ground. Uh, so that's why I selected the VSAT uh, and then got into the satellite world. That's my the first decision I took. Um, and that uh, brought me into the industry. And I remember my second day in the office uh, uh, when I then met uh, the colleague I had to, to replace who was promoted to another uh, job within the company. Mm. Well, congratulations. You are in at uh, Belgacom, you're now a civil servant, so you have your contract for life, so congratulations. <laughs> but you, you made your first mistake. And then I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, well, you, you've chosen for satellite. And you have to know, and we are, I'm talking here about early 90s. He said, well, satellite in a few years' time, it will be dead. We won't talk about that anymore. Everything will be fire optics. And I thought, <laughs> okay, that was a good first choice. But you see, um, uh, fortunately, uh, I had a very good teacher at Belhagam who explained to me what uh, that technology was all about. And then I thought, well, this can't be true. This is not going to disappear. There is that much uh, potential in this um, technology and this uh, uh, satellite communication, especially on the broadcast side, uh, that uh, this has to continue going for many more years. And mm. yeah, the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, wonderful. And something I was interested in, because obviously the 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 satellite space and the media space have sort of, you know, gently converged as satellites have become less carriers and more, you know, it's all sort of changed. At what point did you see your role kind of change from, you know, satellite and carrier to more kind of, you know, media and solutions and, and, and video and broadcast? 
Yeah, well, I stayed in the satellite business until 2017, in fact. So my whole career uh, with uh, Belgacom uh, and then later on uh, with Newtech was, of course, uh, pushing the boundaries of uh, service provisioning and uh, technology over satellite. Uh, and that uh, has been, um, um, I think, uh, a very nice uh, uh, evolution and a very nice uh, track record in that respect. And in 2017, uh, effectively, uh, there was uh, some shareholder change uh, at uh, Newtech. That was the moment uh, when a private equity came on board and that I decided to leave the ship because um, I thought uh, that was not the best thing to do for new tech at that moment in time. So I left uh, the company at that moment in time. And then uh, sometime later, um, I got a call um, um, from a headhunter and from some board members from EVS to ask me if I was interested to, to join uh, that beautiful ship. And that was very difficult to say no, of course. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Um, and what would you say, sort of looking back across your career, what would you say is your is your proudest achievement? Yeah, well, my proudest achievement is, I think, is uh, making um, a uh, Belgian technology company um, uh, really get to the top. Huh? That is definitely something uh, that uh, we did with a whole team huh? and with a lot of colleagues uh, with uh, passion, uh, with vision, uh, with belief. Uh, and um, really um, getting to the top. Huh? And that's the same with uh, EVS, huh? really being, uh, I would say, uh, we are a PME, a small medium enterprise, and we are now 600 people. So we are not a, a big corporate um, a company, but still we have a major role in our industry. Huh? We are mm -hmm. a premium brand uh, in all the live uh, production uh, of uh, sport events while it's uh, using EVS. So, while we are a relatively small company, we have a really a big impact in this world uh, with the technology that we do. And to, before that, with new tech, it was something similar. Uh, we, we were proud to say that more than 3 billion people watch TV or uh, video images somewhere on the screen, uh, thanks to uh, transmission equipment of um, new tech. And now with EVS, uh, well, we can say uh, at least the same. Yeah, and, and nice to work in a field where you have such an obvious impact. It's a very direct, we do this. And therefore, you can do that, and you can yeah enjoy enjoy that direct correlation. Yes, that's uh, what makes us proud, of course, huh? and that that proudness uh, gives everybody a lot of energy, of course. Uh, there is no doubt about that. Wonderful. And would you say you've had any specifically great influences or mentors or kind of people who who helped you along the way earlier in your career? Well. The one person I'm thinking of uh, is um, Sir uh, Arthur um, Charles Clarke. Uh, if uh, you remember, uh, that was yes. uh, an English uh, man uh, who uh, was born in uh, 1917, I believe, uh, so uh, quite some time ago. But uh, he was uh, a visionary person, uh, uh, liked to, to write uh, science fiction books. Uh, uh, he also contributed to uh, that uh, great movie, uh, 2001, uh, A Space Odyssey. Yeah. But more, more importantly, uh, in 1945, uh, he uh, said uh, there was uh, an orbiter uh, that exists uh, uh, around the world where you can put geostationary satellites. So he was the inventor of the idea of uh, putting mm. satellites in a geostationary orbit, and that could be used uh, effectively for doing satellite communication. Uh. So that is uh, a person who has... Uh, indirectly have, of course, a major impact on, uh, on what I've been doing for many years. And one of his laws uh, uh, is the following uh, a law. He, he liked to say that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Mm. Uh, <laughs> really a technology man. Uh, and I really believe that this is true. Uh, and I like to say to the engineers I'm working with uh, every day that, well, they're like magicians uh, because they push the boundaries of technology in such a way that um, 
this is just becoming uh, magical wonderful 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 sponsor. yes lovely and i think i i remember when when i first started with with the company we were specifically handed a book which i think was um can't remember the author now but it was it was i think the title was an arthur c clark uh, arthur c clark quote and the whole first chapter was all about arthur c clark and coming up with the original ideas i think it was skies full of commerce was the role it was the book if i remember by a gentleman by the name of labrador although his first name is escaping me well i don't know if, if you remember virgil yeah, virgil yeah. labrador yeah, yeah, yes yeah. yes so another yeah. big proponent so yeah, yeah. Well, great. wonderful so we've heard um about your career and progression and look back at the past so that brings us to the present will Thank you. Um, the live production space has been right at the centre of uh, disruptions over the years with the pandemic. How have you seen the live production space evolve and adapt during that time? Well, it has, of course, uh, dramatically uh, evolved. Huh? Uh, we had already some trends uh, from before and the evolution from SDI to ID, but more importantly, the evolution to remote production due to uh, this pandemic uh, that remote production has really accelerated a lot and um, um, I, I, I think we were lucky to um, launch in 2020 um, um, I would say this by coincidence our newer technology called LSMV which enables uh, operators to do their work um, from home or from a remote place so that has been a tremendous uh, evolution uh, over the last years, so which really um, accelerated uh, also our business and we really helped our customers to adapt to this new reality. For sure, for sure, absolutely. And, and, and what products in particular and, and, and or solutions are you seeing today that really excite you and your magicians? Yeah, well, I think um, I, a lot of people are talking about the cloud. Huh? But mm. In my opinion, the cloud is just computers which are not in your facility, but elsewhere. Yeah. So that's yeah. not... Um, that's just the way how you use computers. But uh, in my perspective, um, the, one of the most uh, incredible technologies um, that uh, we are also working heavily on is artificial intelligence. That is uh, really amazing what you can do with that. And uh, every, everywhere you look, you can use artificial intelligence in one way or another. In our, uh, in our domain, uh, EVS, of course, is uh, uh, worldwide known um, for um, our replay technology, although we have many other technologies uh, that help our customers uh, to produce their live content. But still, replay was one of our major first um, successes and still is. Well, still today, thanks to AI, we can further improve the uh, replays uh, by creating virtual images between real images, uh, something uh, that artificial intelligence and our implementation of artificial intelligence is doing remarkably well. And in that respect, what that brings is that you don't need a slow motion camera anymore to have a really a nice uh, slow motion. You can do that on any type of camera, uh, be it a GoPro, a small camera uh, with 50 frames per second, uh, and you can get a really incredible slow motion um, uh, out of that. So that's a nice example of how uh, we are implementing uh, artificial intel intelligence. And uh, we have quite some other stuff uh, in the pipeline uh, based on artificial intelligence. Brilliant. Well, that's exciting. Can't wait to hear about them. And then actually, as the consumer, we get to see them as well, which is which is super exciting. Uh, and thank you for explaining as well. Um, EVS addresses a lot of different markets and verticals. And as we all know, there are a lot of different global events causing disruption in these sectors right now. Um, despite all of that, uh, we certainly came away from the NAB conference um, feeling very optimistic. Um, what's your read on the industry right now? Well, 
I think that our industry is, of course, uh, in transformation, but that's something that uh, has always been like that. Um, so um, since I'm in uh, this technology environment for more than 20 years, I hear uh, people saying our industry is transforming rapidly. And that's what it is, of course. Uh, and then people say, well, we are even more rapidly evolving. Well, maybe, uh, but uh, okay, that's uh, what company, uh, technology companies are for. It's making sure uh, uh, that uh, we create new technologies that uh, respond to the needs of our customers and that they can do uh, um, more with less uh, and that they can do that in the most reliable way. But uh, transformation is definitely there. Uh, um, I remember, um, for instance, in the uh, live production environment, um, we had conversations uh, in 2010, a long time ago, when um, in the satellite environment we were moving to IP. Uh, and that we were asking uh, uh, EVS and other uh, companies in the production environment, uh, when are you going to move to IP? Uh, we were 2010 at that point in time. Well, you only see that movement or that uh, transition to IP happening as we speak, uh, or since a few years. Uh, but um, in that respect, uh, IP uh, is a trend um, um, that is happening as we speak uh, in the uh, live production environment. But it's a trend that happened in, uh, in the transmission side already quite some years ago. So sometimes you see technologies, um, it needs some time to get uh, everywhere. Huh? Mm -hmm. And in the live production, definitely now the move to IP is um, uh, not an easy one for many broadcasters to take, but uh, an inevitable um, evolution, of course. Mm. No, for, for sure. That, that's really interesting. And, and, and you guys, EVS, announced a number of big deals at the show are you getting a sense from your customers that you know despite everything that's happened and, and is happening in the world that they're feeling confident about you know investing in new technologies and solutions yeah well when we look to evs we, we like to say that uh, our strategy is about uh, customer intimacy so it's not uh, just uh, developing new technologies uh, for uh, just pushing the boundaries of technology but what we really try to do is to understand the real needs of our customers and respond with the right technologies, the right integration sometimes of building blocks to offer them a full solution that they can fully rely upon. Because for most of the broadcasters who have to produce live content, the most important thing, of course, is reliability and the ease of the whole production. And that's what we try to bring with our solutions. And therefore, we need to fully understand their challenges, their way of working, uh, what we call the workflows, because every customer, uh, although uh, at the end he's producing um, similar content, he does it um, in a different way. For sure, great stuff. Thank you. That's a that's a great answer, so thank you. And uh, that brings us nicely on to then the future with Tim. Thank you, Will. So we've talked a lot about what's changed in live production space over the last few years, the exciting new technology that you're working on right now. Where do you think the live production space will be in another 10 years? Um, some things will not change and some things will um, heavily change. So um, um, there is no doubt that uh, cloud computing uh, will further um, uh, be um, uh, of more use uh, for um, live production. Uh, what we like to say, it's uh, balanced computing. Uh, so um, where some people think everything will be in the cloud, we don't believe that. We are absolutely not uh, believing that this will be the case, but we think it will be an, uh, a smart, um, uh, balanced approach uh, between um, uh, certain things which are done in the cloud and certain um, 
workflows uh, or part of workflows uh, that are being done on site. So that the evolution um, of um, balanced computing will happen, that further evolution to remote operations will for mm -hmm. sure also um, uh, further happen over the next years, uh, and that um, further making the transition to IP more easy uh, is definitely something that will happen. So um, if you ask me then indeed in a few years, where will we be? Well, I think that absolutely most of the infrastructure of mm. broadcasters will be IP. There is no doubt about that, but there's still um, quite some work to do uh, to get there. And and within within those changes, do you think the biggest challenges will be you know technical ones? Do you think it's going to be more to do with you know customer acceptance? Where do you sort of see the the biggest challenges in in getting to that point? Yeah, well, technology is indeed uh, one uh, topic, but um, you have a lot of habits uh, and uh, people who are used to their workflows. Uh, and yeah. Making that change really requires a change management. And that's not just giving new technology in the hands of users. They are used to work in a certain way. And changing their habits is really not easy. So really helping customers, partners around the world do the change management is critical because they often don't have the competence or not yet the competence on IP level to go in that direction. So it's really uh, quite a challenge for quite some broadcasters um, to, to do that migration huh? and they need to rely on partners like us indeed to be able to do that migration and help them advise uh, how to uh, make the best choices. Yeah, absolutely. And and from, I maybe might say from a, from a personal perspective, I suppose from an EVS perspective as well, but from a, from a personal perspective, what are, you, what are you most excited about? What are you most interested in, in seeing how it progresses as, as time goes on? Well, I think the, the, when I look to the difference, for instance, between new tech and EVS, uh, what I'm most excited about is in this uh, environment of live production, the choices are, there are no limits to the choices we can make. Huh? So mm. um, there is really a lot of um, uh, possibilities, uh, evolutions, um, uh, technology evolutions that can be made uh, to improve a certain uh, parts of the whole production chain. So in this case, uh, the, the challenge is to make the right choices. Uh, and in order to effectively at the end to help our customers uh, further improve those uh, live productions. Uh, but again, I think the, the opportunities that we have in front of us uh, are really um, uh, enormous. Yeah, no, undoubtedly. And I think, yeah, again, we might talk about it a lot because we were so excited to actually be able to go to, uh, to a conference for, for for the first time in a few years. But we 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 certainly came off of NAB with the feeling of not only is there a lot of change afoot, not only is there a lot of optimism, but people are really excited for we've made these leaps, we've made these changes. But you know, just you wait, just you see what happens next. So it's yeah, nice and nice to hear that from you as well. If I can add to that, it's clear that video and video production is just booming. So yeah. we need for good tools, for good solutions and to bring them professional video in different formats to television, to your iPads or to other social media type of platforms. Those social media platforms are just keeping increasing and extending. So that is also putting pressure on broadcasters and they need the right mm. tools preferably the same tools uh, who can just uh, create content once for those different platforms.
And I suppose a bit of an evolving user base, you know, if you'd have told us 10, 15 years ago that, you know, one, two person operations doing stuff in home studios would need, you know, industry grade live production solutions, you'd have, you'd have laughed at them. But now that's, that's a real possibility that is, you know, people can generate that kind of content and generate the revenue that justifies it now, which again, was not, was not even vaguely reasonable even a few years ago. So yes. Um, so thank you. Thank you for giving us your insight on sort of all things, you know, past, present and, and future. Our next section is something that we, we always like to discuss with every, um, everyone we have on the podcast. It's a very important issue and that's diversity. Will? Thanks, Tim. Um, so what are your views on the current state of diversity in the media tech industry? Well, no surprise, huh? we can still uh, much improve on that front, uh, but it's not an easy one. Huh? But uh, yeah. it's obvious uh, that uh, we have uh, quite some uh, room for improvement uh, and the DVS uh, as well. And we try to, uh, to work on that huh? and uh, hire more uh, uh, diverse um, uh, kind of um, colleagues. Absolutely. And, and how, how do you think we can encourage that as, as an industry? Because we all play a part in that, you know, of course us, you, but how do you think we can really encourage that? Well, um, what I do, for instance, uh, in Belgium is uh, with um, um, the uh, Agroia, which is in uh, um, different companies uh, who come together uh, and uh, who look at the future of our technology industry. And uh, one of the exercises that we do is uh, we go to universities uh, and mm -hmm. explain to um, students uh, the possibilities uh, in those uh, STEM uh, environment. Uh, so science, technology, engineering, mathematics, uh, and try to, to show them um, um, why they should go in that direction. Uh, show them the attractiveness uh, of uh, this direction and then hope effectively that they go in that direction. And not only a men, but that we also uh, can um, um, convince uh, more girls or women mm -hmm. uh, to go into that direction because we absolutely need them. So that's uh, one of the, the things we do. We also uh, are supporting in our industry, um, uh, for instance, uh, training of uh, operators, uh, uh, mm -hmm. LSM operators, and specifically yeah. towards uh, women in this case. So we do several, uh, we have several uh, projects uh, um, that uh, specifically try to aim uh, at this uh, objective. Brilliant. No, they, they sound like really good initiatives. And, and, and I mean, I, I personally feel that things have, have slightly improved. Do, do you get that sense as well, that people are from different backgrounds, different genders, of, that, you know, that, that things are s slowly improving? I mean, that, those sorts of programmes that you're working on can make a, a difference as well. I have that impression as well. Also for, for us at uh, EVS, we have our ESG programme. We just uh, released our first uh, ESG uh, annual report. So. Okay. And uh, an important uh, part of uh, our ESG program is also about uh, diversity. Um, so uh, mm -hmm. we really uh, increase, we, start, we try to increase uh, uh, the understanding of uh, this uh, objective um, towards all colleagues. So um, it must be something that we take into account in our uh, daily operations uh, in uh, most of the decisions that we take, and especially uh, when we are hiring. No, absolutely. I think that that's great. And I think more and more, you know, companies like you, and I know that you're very strong in terms of, you know, your, your marketing and, and, but actually the more that other companies can understand the great things. And then of course the benefits of, 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 you know, bringing in a more diverse workforce, hopefully that will just bring a more of a groundswell as well, but it's a, it's a very complex topic, of course, uh, but it's great to hear, uh, you know, your, your perspective on it. Now, uh, turning to Tim for the next section. 
Yes, yeah, certainly. So um, we've learned a little bit about you already, although we focus a lot on your sort of career and life. So we like to, at the end of the podcast, focus a little bit more on sort of you, you personally. And I'm sure our listeners would love to learn a little bit more about kind of how you enjoy yourself and spend your time. So if you were to describe your perfect weekend, how would it go? Well, I like to say that um, uh, I like to be at the helm of uh, nice ships. Huh? And I often compare EVS to a very nice ship. And uh, um, some people call me the captain of the ship here. Huh? But in the weekend, I like, uh, I, I like to, to spend then, uh, my time behind the wheel of a sail, uh, sailing ship. Huh? So uh, that is definitely something that I like very much. Huh? So it's controlling. Uh, a boat uh, uh, with the wind and uh, if i'm not on the water i like to be in an aeroplane and uh, I, a few years ago i got also my license for piloting planes so um, really uh, everything which is technology where you need um, a good uh, dose of understanding and then uh, where you have to stay alert and uh, see what happens around you that's um, how i like to uh, spend my free time wonderful and i think probably you know the most important question for anybody who is both a sailor and a pilot, have you invested in a special pilot's hat? <laughs> can I see it? Oh, Is it can yeah, I see the corner of it? Just to, I didn't even, you know what, even as I asked that question, I did not know that was there. It was only when you looked over, I knew yeah. it, I knew it. <laughs> For our listeners at home, Serge has a special hat. <laughs> you have to, you have to. You can't, you can't spend all that time and money and not get the hat, it's the best bit. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. Um, right, wonderful. Well, uh, that brings us on to to our quick fire round. Will? Yes. Okay. Thank you, Tim. So, uh, so this is the quick fire round. So uh, we're going to I'm going to fire some questions at you. Uh, the only one rule is that you've got to answer. So there's no passing. Um, so you've got to give an answer to every question. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? On a sailing ship. Ah, great answer. Love because then you can go anywhere. Go wherever I want. I can go wherever I want. Then. Very clever. I'll let you get away with that. Very clever. Um, I probably I know the same answers coming. What's your favourite family vacation? Ah, uh, sailing, of course. Yeah. No, uh, okay but... then. So you've got to tell me where. Where's your favourite sailing location? Um, that's um, that will be Croatia or the British Virgin Islands in um, the Caribbean. Yeah, depending. Lovely on mixture. Sound, both, both sound absolutely wonderful. What makes you laugh most? What makes me laugh most? Hmm. Seeing good results seeing uh, achieving uh, objectives uh, and um, seeing um, uh, that the colleagues uh, are getting there uh, and uh, achieving that uh, that gives me a lot of satisfaction and uh, you will see a smile yeah. on my face <laughs> very good very good what was the last um movie you watched the last movie um what will that uh, be uh, i guess um, that uh, will be um in, uh, a Star Wars uh, movie again huh? that I've been looking for uh, again for uh, a few more times. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Have you seen the, the new Top Gun? Not yet. Ah. Oh, I was going to say, are, are, are you are you in it? 
<laughs> it's uh, with uh, a lot of planes, so I'm for sure. For sure <laughs> it's very good. I'll give that a recommendation. Um, what is your favorite game or sport to watch and play? Um, I would say definitely a tennis in this uh, respect. I think that's really um, a great sport. Uh, it's an individual sport. Um, and um, to be on the top, uh, you really have to be to give the best of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you watch tennis as well? And I watch tennis as well, of course. Lovely. Yes, same. Very much. It's, it's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now I was on I was on the tennis court first thing this morning. So uh no, I can definitely relate to that. Now, I think I know the answer to this one as well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna crack on and ask it. Would you rather be on a paddleboard in a kayak or on a sailing boat? I am on that sailing boat, there is no doubt. I, I think this so, has the record I, of the of the most similar answers in. No, no, no. but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for a little bit of detail. <laughs> What's your in terms of the, the boat that you sail right now? What is that, and is that your dream boat? Well, uh, by the way, I don't own a boat, um, so uh, oh, the good okay. thing about not owning a boat is that you can just go wherever you want and charter a boat and get through and take it uh, for a few days. Um, so, uh, as I don't have that much time in life to go on a boat yet, uh, I still don't own one. And so it go, I go uh, wherever I want, uh, and then typically it's uh, like a forty-five feet uh, sailing yacht uh, with a janaker uh, and uh, where you can have fun uh, sailing with. Sounds absolutely wonderful. I know them very well. Um, what would you sing at karaoke night? Uh, um, a song of uh, John Lennon, um, the one, uh, No, You Have to Help Me. Um, what's, it, what's it called? Um, Imagine. Awesome. Imagine. 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 I, I, I was nailed on Rod Stewart sailing, but there we go. Um, <laughs> imagine it's a beautiful song. Um, and if you could eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Italian, and it would be a spaghetti. Perfect. A classic. A classic. Brilliant. That concludes the quick fire round. Now over to Tim for our final question. Yeah, so we like to ask the same thing to everyone for the last question, which is what one piece of advice would you give somebody who is entering the industry today? Well, I think um, that one advice would be just uh, to do the things you do with passion. Uh, if you don't do the things with passion, um, you won't, um, you won't uh, last for long or you won't uh, find a pleasure in what you're doing and you won't get forward. Uh, you, won't, you will not get forward in life. So I think... Uh, do the things so that you do with passion. Perfect. Wonderful. And a lovely note to end on. Well, thank you so much for your time, Serge. It's been great to have you on the show and hear all of your thoughts and insights and a real pleasure to speak with you. Thanks very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Will. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.neuco-group.com. You've been listening to The Tech That Connects Us.